We are at CU Sports Medicine and Performance Center this morning with Dr. Andy Pruitt. Andy, thanks very much for joining us. Good morning, George. Thank you for having me. So this is a gorgeous facility. Uh, please just kind of introduce how this came to be. Wow. It's been a, a long journey. Um, it is a 50-50 partnership between the University of Colorado School of Medicine and the, Uni um, and the Boulder Community Health Program, which is basically Boulder Community Hospital Systems, but their name is Boulder Community Health. Um, and it came together, oh golly, after 30 years of, of, of trying. Um, I was going to say, this has been a vision of yours for quite some time. It, it, it has. Um, I started out my professional life uh, as a sideline athletic trainer on Eddie Crowder's last football staff here at CU in 1973. And worked my way up through the ranks um, in 1983, became the director of sports medicine uh, here at CU. And after a couple of years, it became obvious to me that Boulder was a unique community and that it had this legion of post-collegiate or professional athletes that no longer had access to high-level medical care. So in those days, sports medicine was offered at your major universities and maybe a high school or two, big, powerful high schools or two. Um, but yet here we are in Boulder with this legion of people. Um, the running boom was in full force. So we, uh, I went to the athletic department and said, you know, we really should think about opening our facilities and our skill sets up to the public. And the leaders at CU Athletics at that time really couldn't see my vision. And so I left in 1985 and went into private practice and for the last 30 years have been building um, a combination of sports medicine centers. The, the last was, of course, the Boulder Center for Sports Medicine, which became a, you know, a Boulder landmark. Um, and it was the success of the Boulder Center for Sports Medicine and the desire of the School of Medicine to come together to build this beautiful 27,000 square foot facility here on the campus of CU. So it's, it's been a long time coming, but it's, uh, it's here and uh, as you can see, um, quite magnificent. Uh, 27,000 square feet is huge. That's a lot of space. That's what all is in this facility? Wow. Um, the team of physicians from CU Sports Medicine, which are, includes orthopedic surgeons, um, chronic pain and physical medicine docs. We have non-surgical sports medicine um, uh, specialists, um, both MD and DO. 25 physical therapists ranging in specialties from, from the typical sports injury to, to significant um, back issues. We have uh, our own in-house imaging center, including a, a three Tesla MRI, two x-ray suites, a CT room, for doing um, injection spine procedures and a full sports performance, which I think is what you might be most interested in, is, is a full biomechanics lab, uh, both for cycling uh, and running, uh, a swim flume for both swim training as well as diagnostics of swim stroke and physiology testing in the pool, and then a full physiology lab um, for, for physiology testing of all, of all types for both performance as well as uh, um, illness diagnosis. And it's amazing to have this equipment, but also, where do you get the experts? 
<laughs> I mean, well, the resources at this clinic are unbelievable. Well, once again, Boulder's a pretty unique place, isn't it? Um, and, and when you've got this legion of athletes looking for care, um, it attracts legions of athletic medical professionals, right? We all practice what we preach. Um, our staff locker room is as big as the patient locker room. Um, so everybody here yes. really does practice what they preach. So, um, yeah, Boulder is a pretty unique place that um, has attracted physicians, physical therapists, sports scientists of world caliber skills that actually are athletes in and of themselves. So this isn't the place I'm going to come and say, doctor, my knee hurts when I ride. Well, don't ride. That will not be told to you here. <laughs> the people here are going to do everything in their power to maintain your lifestyle. One of my, you know, I have saved a few lives in my in my career, but I've saved thousands of lifestyles, and I think that's really what we're all about: is maintaining and creating lifestyles for healthy people. Now, one of the the pieces of equipment that I've seen that I just find really fascinating is your medical bicycle fit. Huh, sure. Uh, but tell us what that is and, and how does that, in fact, this is going to be a show in itself, but it just really grabbed me when I saw that because, I mean, you do need different fit on a bicycle, but as you get better, does that fit change? Well, medical bicycle fit actually was born in this very location it was. almost 40 years ago. Um, in the athletic training room of the university at the time, that was the same time that the Red Zinger bicycle race, which became the Coors Classic, was blossoming in Boulder, and the world's best athletes, best cyclists, were were arriving in Boulder again with nobody to care for them really. And I was a bike racer at the time, and and they had they hear about this guy at CU that happens to be a bike racer, and he's taking care of all those athletes up there. Maybe he can help us. So. We think uh, that the first medical bike fit was done on Connie Carpenter, Taylor Finney's mother, who ultimately won a gold medal in the 84 Olympics. We think, well, we all recall that she was the first medical bike fit, came to see me in the training room here at the football stadium in the middle, late 70s uh, with knee pain on her bicycle. And we, I had one of the football players hold her up by her saddle like a time trial start. And she pedaled backwards for me. That was the first dynamic uh, medical bike analysis, if you will. Um, and it has, it has, over the last 40 years, really become a, uh, a product um, that has changed the cycling industry. We, we have pushed it not only medically, but also at retail. Um, I teach a body, a body geometry fit school through specialized bicycles around the world, uh, really trying to upgrade the level of bicycle fitting around the world. But here at the center, it is people who have experienced an injury and are, and are taking up cycling as a new lifestyle or have sustained an injury from cycling. And lastly, those who think they're comfortable on their bikes but just want to go faster because being well-positioned on your bike is... Uh, um, not only not only should be comfortable, but that also makes you faster. So it's it's yeah. Our technology here is the is the real cutting edge, buddy tip of the sword, if you will, um, pushing the envelope and what we can see um, both with the naked eye and with with technology. Now, one of the most fascinating uh, 
pieces of equipment that I've seen here is the indoor trainer for swimmers. Yeah, yeah. And you've got a number of different devices in there. Your expert can watch, but also the swimmer can see themselves as well. It's a flume, basically. It's a, it's a moving water treadmill, if you will. Um, and it is um, capable of going Olympic speeds. So um, it, the water can move very fast. But there are mirrors all around, so the swimmer can actually see um, their technique. And they can hear their coach through a special speaker that lets them do technique changes in real, in real time. So it can be done rehabilitatively or technique improvement. And we also do physiology testing, you know, so they can do intervals and we can test their lactate levels and, and actually help their coaches um, improve their training programs as swimmers or triathletes. It's a, I've wanted one for the last 20 years and uh, finally have it. And uh, we've, uh, we've partnered with um, uh, Swim Labs, which is a national company that um, uh, coaches and helps helps uh, high-level, moderate and high-level swimmers around the country improve. So they, they spend about 50% of their time in our, in our flume with their, with their athletes, and the other 50% of the time either with our physical therapy athletes or with um, uh, clients of our coaching, coaching pool that want to go faster in the water. How many people do you get coming from around the country, from around the world? I mean, you've got some very unique equipment here that athletes need. Well, it's interesting. So this facility has only been open about 90 days. Uh, but the Boulder Center for Sports Medicine had a history of a global attraction. And I see no reason why that's going to stop. Uh, I, I just don't. I think Boulder um, is a destination, if you will. And our, our goal was to be one of the top five destination sports medicine centers in the world. Not really knowing how we were going to judge that or crown ourselves. Uh, but a couple of years ago, a company chose us as a beta testing site for their equipment. And they had done a global search and chosen five, just by coincidence, five um, facilities around the world to beta test their equipment, and we were one of them. So I guess we had reached maturity at that time. So I, I, I see no reason why this facility would not have that same global reach um, that the old one did. And we're right here by the football stadium yep. uh, on the University of Colorado campus, right. but open to the public. Oh, totally. Very much so. Um, you know, in any, in any elite medical facility, whether it be sports or psychology or, or whatever, you know, you, your branding is by those high-profile people you are lucky enough to take care of. But they don't, they don't keep the lights on. The, the, the lights are kept on by the throngs of, of everyday people that, that want and need to be healthy and active. And that's, that's who fills our halls, are regular students and housewives and, and middle-aged triathletes and adult hockey players. You know, no, this place is open to the public, absolutely, absolutely. Which took me right into my next question, exactly who should come here? And how did they make an appointment? I mean, are you completely Bob. booked? Well, I don't want to sound like an advertisement, but uh, you just, I don't even know the phone number. Um, uh, <laughs> you just call the uh, uh, CU Sports Medicine Center and, and make you an appointment. You just call up and make an appointment. It's a regular, regular doctor's office, physical therapy office, sports performance office, like any place else. You can go online and find us. You can 
you can just call the front desk. You can be referred by your current physician, however it works easiest for you um, and your insurance company. We're here visiting with Dr. Andy Pruitt. Andy, who are some of the experts that you have on staff? The head orthopedist is Dr. Eric McCarty. Eric is an interesting fellow in that I recruited Eric as a football player, uh, born and raised in Boulder, Colorado, played at Boulder High School, was an All-American football player for CU, and uh, chose uh, a life of medicine versus a life of professional football, and um, went on through his medical training. He and I stayed in touch the whole time um, as I was building um, sports medicine facilities. And he is our head orthopedist, and he's also the team physician for CU and DU. Uh, and he has a staff of <coughs> orthopedists uh, with him. And then Jason Glowney, <coughs> who was my partner at Boulder Center for Sports Medicine. Jason is the head non-surgical um, physician. Uh, Jason's another interesting character. He is a uh, world-class master's athlete, world record holder on the track, uh, on the velodrome, uh, national-level middle-distance runner, um, triathlete, coach, uh, triple board certified. He's the, guy, the guy is just, you know, one of those, like I said, Boulder attracts physicians and medical professionals who are themselves, you know, active and athletic, uh, athletic people. Um, Anigo San Milan is our um, Spanish-trained physiologist who's the head of the Sports Performance Lab. Well, no, he, he coached Alberto Contador to, to one of Alberto's uh, uh, Tour de France wins, so he's known globally. He's an expert in exercise and diabetes, um, and it just goes on and on kind of from there. In fact, Anigo is going to be our guest on Thursday. Can you tell us a little bit about what this show is going to do who our guests are going to be. What I would like to see us do is have this rotation of experts, um, both from the center and from our community that are associated with the center, um, and share you know, just a, a touch of what we have to offer here and who these special providers are. Yeah, it's very interesting to walk in here. In fact, I'm just looking out the window at national championship jerseys, professional jerseys, and they're all signed with notes on the jersey. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming these are people that you have uh, treated, cared for? I would say that some of them are definitely signed to me, uh, but they're also signed to many of our other caregivers. I'm looking at the uh, DU hockey jersey um, right over your shoulder, national championship hockey jersey from DU, uh, signed to Dr. McCarty. There's one from the Avalanche. Um, uh, we are the uh, sports performance providers for the for the Denver Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche. So yeah, we've got lots of, there's, there's a signed poster from Frank Shorter over here. So yeah, we've taken care of, a, we're lucky enough to take care of everything from collegiate to professional to, you know, amateur folks. Our motto is, if you're active, then you're an athlete. That kind of opens the door to the, to the world, right? Very much so. Yeah. Do you have coaches that work out of here? Interesting question. Yes, a few. And they're mostly for multi-sport. Cycling, um, cycling, triathlon, running, some Nordic skiing. But our coaching pool, we want it to remain slow, uh, small. We, we don't want to compete with the community or, or coaches along the front range or even in the, in the nation. We want to be their resource. Because of what we have equipment and expertise-wise, there are thousands of people being coached in Colorado. 
in, in these multiple sports, age group folks that are being coached at all levels. And we want to be the resource for their coach, right? So if you're a coach um, and you've got a stable of 25 athletes, that keeps, a, that keeps a young coach pretty darn busy, right? In programs, stay in touch with those folks. So they don't have the resources nor the time to be an expert in, in lactate threshold testing or max VO2 testing or whatever test that they want to put their athlete through to give them some more information about their training program. So we're here to serve those people. We're here to serve. We're here to serve those coaches. So we don't want to be and don't want to be seen as competition for those coaches. Now, why do we just have a small pool of coached athletes? I think you got to be good at what you're talking about. So we want our physiologists who are going to coach those public athletes to have a good handle on what are the most recent techniques and what are the things that we're talking about. What are the buzzwords now? Is it watts per kilo? Is it is it watts at lactate threshold? What is what are the buzzwords now? And they need to know those things and how to apply them. So we're encouraging our physiologists to have small coaching pools of their own, <clears throat> so that they have that skill set, but not a big coaching pool to be a. a a competition for the for the coaches in the area. Now, university makes me think research, and you were just talking about buzzwords, and it seems like training has changed so much in well, my long lifetime now. Yeah. But um, I assume that you're actually pushing the envelope and finding new methods here. Well, so a couple things. The last the last number I heard from our orthopedic group is they had 27 ongoing research projects going on within the medical side of our facility, ongoing, 27 ongoing research programs. Um, in the sports performance program, um, I don't know the number, but what they're doing, um, working clear down to the cellular level uh, of athletes um, and sick people, um, is, 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 it is impressive. Um, we do a lot of commercial research as well. So in other words, a company will come to us and say, we want to test our newest um, sports drink. We're getting ready to start, start one on a new um, ingestible uh, product. So commercial research is interesting in that you, they pay you to do the work, therefore they own the results. So there have been many of projects that we've done that didn't turn out like the manufacturer had hoped, and that research is never seen, which is too bad because it was valuable research, but they owned it. So public research is funded in another way, right? Funded by the university or by a grant. And then that research uh, is publishable and shareable regardless of, of outcome. So uh, we do a lot of all of that. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Sam Milan uh, in the physiology lab is a, a brilliant researcher and is really pushing the envelope. He is the world's leading authority on exercise and diabetes, for example. So, yes, there's a lot of research going on. <laughs> Now, your enthusiasm about this place is just infectious, and I was actually very surprised when you told me last week that you were retired. Well, I, I don't see you as retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've retired from clinical practice for sure, yeah. uh, 43 years, um, and so it, I thought it was appropriate that it started in this, in this end zone of the football stadium, and it's going to end in this end zone of the football stadium. But uh, I practiced sports medicine sideline and clinical for 43 years, and and that was that was enough. It's um, uh, there's so many other things I, I want to do, and one of them is to get this place up and running and 
and be the success that I know it can be. And the other is I've got some other outside projects in the in the world of cycling um, that I continue to push forward. So I've got I've got plenty to do. I, I yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not retired in the sense that I'm playing golf every day by any means. Now I know you were very involved with designing a shoe. Yeah. Um, Tell us some about that, and, and how did you get interested in that? What else well, are you looking at, or can you share that? Well, I can't share it all, okay. but, um, um, you know, I was just slaving away in the, in, the, in the office, taking care of athletes one at a time, and there were some patterns that we were seeing in what a cyclist needed um, to change their shoe, whatever shoe brand it was, Basically, whatever we need, what there were definitely repeatable patterns that we saw that we were doing over and over and over again, regardless of the brand of shoe. So there was something that cyclists were missing in in, in certain kind of foot support that led to the knee and or the hip or the back. Right. So we always jokingly say the knee is the victim caught somewhere between the saddle and the pedal, uh, and it's so true. I mean, we 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 can only support people on bicycles at places where we actually touch the bike. But the knee is the most commonly injured body part from cycling. So a um, specialized bicycle company came to me and said, was there anything that I saw that I would do to a cycling shoe to make it different? And I said, well, sure. You know, 90% of people, it's been proven that 90% of people on this earth have this kind of foot design because the foot's designed to walk and run. It's not designed to cycle. So... If I was going to build a cycling shoe, I would build it for 90% of the human population and know that we have to somehow adjust those other shoes for the other 10%. Um, and the body geometry shoe from Specialized was born, and it has several you know, um, uh, biomechanical supporting things built into the shoe. Every shoe comes out of the box with those, with those supports built into it. So, um, again, it, it kind of changed the industry and really pushed... Um, other manufacturers to step up what they were doing for, for product. I'm, I'm very involved in, um, in saddle design. Um, that was where I was going next, and that's actually why I kind of got into the shoe, because I was thinking of points of contact with yeah. a bicycle, yeah. and what has really interested me of late it are the programs where you can see pressure sure. on the saddle. Because sure. I was someone who was very lopsided. You might not see that yep. when I rode, but one part of me was I really would. pushing down. <laughs> yeah, you would have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's amazing the technology that's coming out there. And yeah, so I mean, technology-wise, we use um, even at retail shops. There's now three-dimensional motion capture technology being used. Uh, primarily through a little company called Retool, which is a, a, a division of Specialized, and it's here in Boulder. Um, but pressure, uh, the company really pushing pressure development is a company out of Germany called Jebumize, and uh, we use their pressure map uh, here in the center. Um, you can actually see, it's hard sometimes for a patient to describe to us what they're feeling in their in their Netherlands, right? And you, so you're talking about, you're talking to a, to a, um, a lay person about, pressure or discomfort that they might be feeling from their saddle, genital numbness or, or urinary dysfunctions, all these different things that for decades he said, well, you're a cyclist. That's, that's part of the sport. Well, it might be part of the sport, but it's not, it shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be tolerated, right? So urinary dysfunctions, sexual dysfunctions, pain and numbness from a bicycle saddle should not be tolerated. So if anybody listening 
is suffering from those things and thinking it's normal for them as a cyclist, it is not and can be, can be remedied. There was a thought back in the early 90s, uh, several research papers came out and said that, that a male cyclist had a 50% chance of, uh, increased chance of erectile dysfunction than his non-cycling buddies. And uh, a guy named Roger Minkow, a physician in California, set out to redesign bicycle saddles to give the um, nerve, artery, and vein that supply both male and female genitalia relief. And again, it, it, it pushed the industry. And now if you look across saddle brands, you know, they're all somehow copying what, what Dr. Minkow did with Specialized, but it's, it's pushed the industry to improve that. And the pressure map that you mentioned is something where uh, a patient can come in and say, and for a woman, maybe it's a little more difficult for her to describe the pressures and sensations that she's feeling than, than, than a guy. It's a little less obvious, right? So um, they can say, I feel this pressure on the right side. And all of a sudden on the big computer screen, she sees this pressure map of her saddle and she goes, that's it. That's it. The, the pressure map's never made a liar out of one of our clients, right? The, the connection is right there. And then you can design the bike fit and change the handlebar position, the shoe support, the saddle choice. All of those things affect our saddle pressure. So it's not just you can't go to the store and buy a new saddle. That's not the solution to saddle discomfort. Uh, it is really all about the fit. So handlebars, um, shoes, arch support, all of those things change the pressure at the saddle. All of which affect your powder power and your... Totally. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, Absolutely. I'm filled with a bazillion questions right now, which is why we're going to be doing this weekly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And hopefully have you on again. Sure. Um, I'm retired, remember? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. But... Andy, it's been great getting to visit with you. I'm really looking forward to this show. Um, I know we're going to do some... Uh, some large panel discussions Great. coming up and uh, pretty much just an unlimited number of topics that we can get. And we're going to encourage our listeners to actually write in. And if there's a topic they would like to see addressed, then we will uh, address that. I would love to answer listeners' questions. That, that to me, I love responding to a, to a question. I, I'm, I'm, um, that, to me, that's better than a prepared uh, lecture, if you will, because you, you, you're going to get to answer a question that's important. Because if it's important to that person, it's probably important to 100 other people that just haven't asked the question. We look forward to that. Dr. Andy Pruitt, thanks very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. At the CU Sports Medicine and Performance Center in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.